You're listening to The Garrett Ashley Mullet Show on Anchor FM. I'm Garrett Ashley Mullet, and I want to talk about everything. Happy New Year, and welcome back to The Garrett Ashley Mullet Show for Episode 1 of Season 4, Episode 291 of this podcast. This is a new year. It is 2022. And I certainly am not going to jinx it. Don't you do that either. And say that this year is going to be so much better than last year or the year before. There's no reason to believe that. I'm sorry to burst your bubble. There's no reason to believe that this year is going to be better than last year. But the Lord is good. So it's not worse than it was last year. God's no better than he was last year. He's no worse than he was last year. He's not getting old. He's also not evolving. So we can rest on the fact that his mercies are new every morning. And that is a very great comfort when we're sitting down and we're reflecting. Maybe you all have already finished that. I'm still neck deep in trying to reflect on what happened this past year. But it can be a painful process sometimes to take an honest look at what did we say? What did we do? How did we handle those things? Did we miss the boat on some things? Did we really step in it and put our foot foot in our mouth, not our food, but our, our foot? Don't put your foot where your food goes. That's a good resolution for the next year. Speaking of, how poetic, how appropriate. In any event, with it being the new year, I'm not off to a very good start when it comes to not putting my foot in my mouth or my foot in my mouth. And again, it's a good thing that God is still good He's no less good. He's no more good. He's always been good. May we understand better in the new year his goodness. May we experience that and appreciate it and give thanks and not be anxious for anything because God is good. Whatever our circumstances, whatever situations we find ourselves in, the Lord is good. And if our trust is in him, we're promised in his word that There's safety in putting our trust in him. There's a lot of places you could put your trust. All of those places, except for God's hands, are not safe, ultimately. Some are safer than others, depending on the circumstance, but none of them are really truly safe. You can't find security truly, really, and honestly, apart from God. But within the framework of putting our trust in God, placing our hope in him and his unchangeable character of purpose, you can make plans, absolutely make plans. You can enjoy good gifts that the Father has given, absolutely. In fact, you should. Don't bury your talents in a field and don't go throwing the fruits of your labors out the window because you have some misplaced guiltiness as if, To enjoy those things means to enjoy God less. No, enjoy those things 
within the context of enjoying the God who gave those things to you. That's the big idea. Now, that said, I will be enjoying this good gift of a new year better once I finish the task of grappling with last year. And I have a systematic approach to it, which I'm committed to, and yet I'm also committed to part of my system being that I'm flexible. If the way I did it last year is not as good of a fit this year, well then that's really the whole reason I want to do this in the first place, so that the system gets better, the process gets better, my approach to life, my attitude, my mindset gets better with each passing year, I want to be able to look back and see growth. Did I grow as a person? Did I invest those talents? That's one of the ways you can test whether you are investing what God has entrusted to you is, are you growing? You should be growing. You should be growing in wisdom. You should be growing in the fruit of the Spirit, love, joy, peace, patience, kindness, gentleness, compassion, you should be growing in greater confidence in God's promises with each passing year. You should be growing in your desire to invest what it is that God has given you. Now, that said, it doesn't mean making that investment is always pleasant fun, enjoyable. Sometimes it is hard work. Sometimes the only thing for it is looking to the end of what is the payoff? What is the good result from this investment? And if there isn't one, well then stop now. Why why make yourself miserable? Neither be too good nor too wise, Solomon writes. Why should you destroy yourself? Everything in moderation, even being good and wise. But that said, Solomon also warns over and over again about the danger of being simple. And what he means is not that you shouldn't enjoy a simple life, a simple cup of coffee on a simple morning. He's not talking about contentedness. Those two are not the same thing. What he's talking about is willful ignorance. It's good to be content in whatever circumstance you find yourself in. That's good and healthy. And again, within the context of trusting God, that is the only place real security is found. But it's not good to be willfully ignorant. It's not good to say, I just don't want to think about it. I don't want to think about what happened. It hurts too much. I'm too embarrassed. I don't know what to do with it. It's just confusing to me. It's overwhelming. That's not so good. And just just to be completely honest with you, just to level with you, bear my soul. Looking back over the past year, for me, I am tempted to do those things. I am tempted to say, hang it all. It's too painful. I don't want to look at it. Or... It's overwhelming, and I don't know what sense to make of it, if I can make sense of it. It's tempting to say, I'm just going to ignore that. I'm going to pretend that this past year did not happen. But 
here's the trouble. When you do that, you're just kicking the can down the road. The things that happened last year, good, bad, and different, they don't cease to have an effect moving forward or in the present just because we might not want to face them. Those consequences are still going to be there, except by God's grace, there being some kind of divine intervention. And even there, the fact is that happened and did we learn from it? And that's the big idea. As I look at this word document I have up, a lot of people would say either a, wow, that's really impressive. Eh, that's, Man, you really, really are digging into it. And probably more people, I think more people, would say, that's a little much. But I have 29 pages, and that was trimming it down. 29 pages of notes on day by day, month by month, the year 2021. And the kinds of notes that I took were if I made a change to our home, if something happened in the, in the life of my wife or my children, if something happened in my life, if something happened at work, if something happened at church, if a major event happened in the country that impacted me emotionally, took my attention away from what it was I was doing, if it changed my thinking and my plans and what I was going to do and what I do now and how I see the world and how I see myself and how I see other people, I write it down. And it might not be that I write down a lot of information, but I at least put enough of a breadcrumb there to where I can retrace my steps. And I think that is the best analogy I could give because that story of Hansel and Gretel they're in this deep black forest and they're trying to get out. They're trying to find their way home. They're trying to get away from a witch who wants to eat them. And breadcrumbs, small, unassuming things, not being used for maybe their core purpose. Their core purpose is to be eaten. Breadcrumbs are for eating. Being utilized for a different purpose to be able to not get lost to not get eaten, <laughs> to not be consumed, if you will. And that's what my personal organizer is to me, first and foremost. That's what I do with it. Ink Plus Volt is a really good option we've found for syncing up my wife and I. At a certain point, we realized that there was so much going on, especially with a big family, busy work, stressful work very often, lots of commitment at church, at home, and at work, health issues, things we're trying to read, personal growth goals. It was too much to just assume we're going to be on the pa same page. On the, We're going to be aware of what is going on, processing it, factoring it into our decisions, making decisions together. Towards the end of achieving a deeper and more meaningful unity of purpose. We started a couple of years ago doing more than just a year-end review, but doing 
a review and an update every week when we can manage it, but sometimes every two weeks, every three or four weeks. Sometimes we go a few weeks because it is just that busy. And the longer we go, the more it drives home the point that we really need to be synced up. We really need to pair our devices, if you will. You know, Think about in our day and age with Bluetooth technology how you can have your phone in your pocket and if you wanted to listen to some music or podcasts like mine or an audio book with some wireless headphones, you would have to pair that device. Pair that speaker, those headphones, those earbuds to your phone. And they could be great, great headphones, great earbuds. That could be a great speaker. But if it's not paired up, then it's not going to do what you need it to do. Those technologies are not quite as good, your smartphone and your earbuds, unless they're paired up. And sometimes you got to recharge the batteries on one or the other, and sometimes you have to disconnect so somebody else can use the speaker or the earbuds or the whatever. Sometimes you got to connect to a different device, like when I jump in my truck. Hey, i got to pair up with my truck now. I left my earbuds at home. Sometimes you get disconnected. And it's important when that happens to be intentional about reconnecting if you're expecting to work together. And so I feel as though in using these Ink Plus Volt planners, and I'm not being paid, just to be very clear, I'm not being sponsored, but I wouldn't turn it down. <laughs> we use Ink Plus Volt. We've really liked it. That's a genuine endorsement, not motivated by financial interest on my part. But when we sit down, we've got the same planner, and we're going to fill it in differently. We're going to take different notes, and that becomes all the clearer at the end of the year. But even within the first goal setting for the year, at the beginning of the year, right now, our sheets start looking different very quickly. And yet, at the same time, if I'm looking at her notes, she's looking at my notes, then we can be intentional from the jump and each step of the way, or at least every week, in trying to recalibrate and resync our perspective, our attitude, our approach. And so as I look back on this past year and I look at all these notes that I took, 11,000 words, 29 pages, how much time did that take me? A fair bit, not just through the year, but now that I'm trying to compile it and make sense of it, I'm going back through and I'm trying to color code the big categories that I care most about making sense of and coming to terms with. There's too much information for a finite creature like me to be able to handle all of it perfectly, and I'm not going to. And so I've got to prioritize. I've got to focus up. I'm going to have to decide what are the big lessons I need to learn here and then move on because life is still happening as I'm analyzing the past. So you can't get stuck. You don't want to get stuck in the past, but you 
do need to reckon with it. And those both can be true at the same time. One person will say, I think it's time to move on. Another person will say, well, I think we still need to figure this out. And they can both be right. They can both be on to something. All right, you know what? Let's hurry up, come to terms with this, and make peace so that we can move on. You're right and I'm right. Help me figure this out. And then let's go together. I'll tell you, so far, and again, it's early. It's January 2nd, but it's early. I have typed up all my notes, all the notes I care to, plenty, enough. 29 pages is quite enough. It may not be too much, but it's quite enough. (laughs) Even in my book. But there's 11,000 words here. And I'm trying to go through, and I'm trying to select sentences and sentence fragments that have to do with, for instance, my wife. Anytime we had a date night, I'm going to try and highlight the notes I have for that. Anytime she had a doctor's appointment and we found out something important that we needed to in order to get her health restored, God willing. Anytime she had a good experience or a bad experience with me or our kids or somebody outside the home or went somewhere that was going to be impactful that I, th- I think, right? Like I'm trying to live with my wife in an understanding way and I'm trying to understand how her year was and not just what did she do for me or what was the impact to me, but how did my year impact her? How's she doing? So I'm going through and I'm going sentence fragment by sentence fragment, line by line, and I'm highlighting all the things that pertain to her, where she is the subject. Imagine that this is a sentence diagram. She is the subject. And I highlight that purple. The text is purple. I don't highlight it. I I change the font color. I guess I should be more precise here, but purple. So then as I'm scanning down through, it pops out, it stands out, it catches my attention. I'm trying to be intentional to study my wife, to know better how she's doing, to be able to serve her better, to be able to love her better, more intentionally. After that, the only other color I've got highlighted thus far, although I think I will be adding more color coding before I'm quite done, I've got everything pertaining to work and my career, my professional life, because it took so much time and attention and energy, not just for myself, but for every friend and family member who was gracious enough to lend me their ear and give me advice. I think for everyone's sake, (laughs) especially my wife's and mine, but my children's, my friends, my family members, my coworkers, I should grapple with what happened with work this year, last year. Now it's a new year. So I'm highlighting all of that green. And it's a simple color coding convention. I'm not going to go way crazy on it. I have a reason for green. Green is the color of money. It's also the color of prosperity. Money's not evil. Money is not the root of all evil, by the way. 
The love of money is the root of all kinds of evil, Jesus says. But Solomon also writes in the wisdom literature of the Old Testament that money answers everything. So if you have health problems, it can be helpful to have some money to be able to pay for good doctoring. And when you're hungry, it can be helpful to have some money to buy food, etc., etc. Besides that, if I'm doing useful things, if I'm investing my time and attention and energies in my work, I want to do that excellently. I want to work as unto the Lord. And so I'm going to have to be intentional and understand, how did I do for him this year? Let's do a performance review, Lord. Not that I'm saved by works. We're not saved by works. None of us is good enough. And that's, again, where it's a comforting truth and promise that his mercies are new every morning and that whoever trusts in him will be safe. But within that framework, within that context, I'm highlighting green everything pertaining to work for the past year. I'm highlighting everything pertaining to my wife, Lauren Purple. And that is motivated by more than one thing. For one, pink is sometimes not as easy to see on a white background. It doesn't show up as well. And I don't want it being a weak, faint color. I want it standing out and me being able to read it easily. For another thing, purple is the color of royalty, and I want to treat my wife. If I'm the king of my castle, I want to treat her like she's the queen of the castle. I want to treat her with honor and dignity. So I think purple's a good color. Besides that, blue is my color for things masculine, somewhat arbitrary, but blue and pink make a kind of purple. So this is about my relationship with her. That said, too, if it's something pertaining to my sons, I try to color code those a light blue just for anyhow. And it could be any color, but light blue. Light because they're still kids. They're not grown men yet. They're not out on their own. I need to remember that they're kids. Even as I'm trying to encourage them to become men, to be on that path towards manhood, I still need to remember that they're boys. They're not men. They're boys. Be patient. For friends of mine, social relationships, I will use a dark blue. And actually, on that note, an interesting thing occurs to me as I was reviewing this past year, looking back over my notes taken. At the beginning of the year, I had a plan to use this whole color coding convention thing. And that lasted a few months. And life got really tumultuous. Life got tumultuous and I stopped using the whole color coding thing. I just went to just black, black ink. It's easy. It's close at hand. I don't have time. I just don't have time to color code things as I go. 
is what I figured out. Plus then also my children ran off with my multicolored pens. So then it's like, you know what, rather than fool around with trying to find my pens, I'm just going to use black. I just, let's just get this done with, let's get it over with. And I think that's not so great. I, I think, you know, some people will say, hey, you know what, I don't, I don't have time for this. But that's just it. We need to be intentional. And sometimes time is of the essence. Yes, I get it. But if within the course of a week, we don't have an hour to sit down and take notes on what happened this week, to unpack that, there's too much going on for you to be doing your best. Are you living life? Are you just rushing from one thing to the next, to the next, to the next? Are you being intentional or are you just in a frenzy? And if you're in a frenzy, is that sustainable? Are you loving it? Are you enjoying life? That might be a clue that you need to pare down a little bit. You need to focus up. You need to pick a few core things that are really important to you and set the rest aside for the time being. Maybe not forever, but until you're done with these tasks. Until something changes to where these tasks that are more important, that are most important, don't require quite as much time and attention. It's better to do three things well than seven things poorly. So on that note, it's an interesting thing. Having bought some of these planners for my two oldest boys this year and we can't buy everybody a planner they're $50 each but my easy cutoff was if you're a teenager if you're a teenager it's time to start writing out what you got going on and you don't have to write out as much as I do my wife is very much more succinct if you want to be like more focused Write down a couple of things every week. It doesn't have to be like your whole life story, every last little thing you did. But as I'm talking with my older boys, and yesterday as I was working from home, I'm hearing my wife talk with our older two boys. That goal-setting thing was just like, man, I don't know. What, what do I want to do for the next year? I don't, I don't know. That's hard. Tell you what. Let's get into SMART goals. Specific, measurable, achievable, realistic. The R can stand for different things. All those letters can stand for different things depending on who you ask. But I like realistic. Is this a realistic goal? Because that forces you to think about either A, do I have what I need? B, can I get what I need to achieve this goal? C, is it worth it? And don't, don't, don't ever have just one goal. You need to have more than one goal. It's, you don't want to have so many goals that you lose sight of them, but you want to have more than one goal so that you're a balanced person. And I told my oldest son that. I said, I, I really think you need to have a goal at least, one goal at least, that pertains to cultivating your mind, mental health, intellectual growth. I think you need to have at least one goal that has to do with your body, whether that's your diet, whether that's your rest, whether that's hydration, whether that's exercise. You need to take care of your body. 
build it, grow it, get it stronger, make it more enduring, more durable, tougher, whatever. He's got a goal to become jacked, by the way. But mind and body and spirit. Spiritually, you need to be cultivating health. And you've got to be intentional about that. And I think you should set at least one goal that has to do with your mind, that has to do with your body, that has to do with your soul for the coming year. And if you have no more than those three, but it increases and maximizes the chances that you meet those three goals, great. But within that, when it comes to goal setting, again, this is what I told my oldest son, your goal for the year should be specific enough to where at the end of the year you can look back through your notes and see whether or not you actually achieve that goal. And whether you, if it's a daily thing, if it's a weekly thing, if it's a monthly thing, you could come up with a little symbol. If you don't want to write it all out, come up with a little symbol that signifies when you meet that goal and mark that little symbol on the days or the weeks or the months that you succeed. And if you want to get a little bit more detailed, you can write a quick line or two on what you did, what happened that either contributed to achieving that goal or kept you from achieving that goal the way you wanted to. And within that, if you've got one or two or three, I would recommend at least three. Think of it like a stool. A two-legged stool is not very stable. A one-legged stool is not very stable. Three-legged stool, four is even better. Now we're talking. But have a big enough goal to where when you're setting your monthly goals, your weekly goals, you're able to get more specific as life happens, which it does. Life is what happens when you're making other plans, as John Lennon once famously said. And then besides that, write down what happened. Set the goals and then write down how you did. And study that and think about it and look back over periodically and answer these introspective questions. They're somewhat tortuous. But all that said, that's me advising my son on his goal setting or hearing my wife advising our sons on goal setting. And I'm not there yet. It's the second day of the new year. It's not too late, but it is January 2nd. And I'm still stuck in last year. Trying to grapple with what happened. And I I think, honestly, just to be completely honest with you, I think one of my goals for the new year is going to be to be more focused, more intentional, more narrow in what kinds of notes I take in my organizer so as to make it more manageable, more easily manageable. But I'm looking at a new schedule for work, seven on, seven off, and I'm going to have to be intentional about that seven days off, what are we doing? What are we working on 
or where are we going? How are we investing ourselves on those seven days off? And also on the seven days on, seven 12-hour days, working from home or not, that's going to be different. And we need to be flexible enough and also disciplined enough and also intentional so that the seven days on, we don't get overwhelmed. And the seven days off don't go to waste. So I think how I use my planner in this coming year is going to be a bit different. But how I used it this past year was to a very great extent dropping breadcrumbs. As I look back through, I see a lot of stress at work. I see a lot of uncertainty, a lot of disruption. I see me trying to do things, to think outside the box, to conduct myself with confidence, with dignity, with courage, trying to be proactive, trying to be holistic. And some people really loving and appreciating that. And other people, clearly not. And basically what I did in writing things out along the way was I I stored away a reserve for later because I knew I don't quite have the bandwidth to make sense of this all right now, but at a certain point, I'm going to be able to look back through and see and hopefully connect some dots that I'm not connecting right now. I don't quite know what's happening, why this is happening, but at a certain point, I'm going to be able to go back through and do that. And so now here I am, I'm trying to do that. And quite honestly, I think one of my goals for the new year is to manage my work situation in such a way that I honestly don't have to think about it quite that much. I don't have to worry about it when I'm not working. I don't have to think about it and talk about it. That's not the subject. That's not the main topic. And I think that's a, I think that's a good goal. By God's grace, I find myself in this new job, this new situation that has legs. And I trust that the good Lord has a purpose for everything that happened this past year. I may not fully understand what that purpose is. I may hope that I have some idea of what it is. And yet, this is the thing we need to cling to, that God would be the object of our faith not our own ability to make sense of things, not our own ability to execute perfectly, not our having executed perfectly as we see it or imperfectly would be the main thing, but that the main thing would be what was God doing here? What is the Lord's will? And to not be stiff-necked about it, to not be cavalier about it, but in moderation, taking it, seriously enough, while at the same time not obsessing over it. By God's grace, any day now, we're expecting the birth of Andrew Matthias Mullet. Lauren is very ready for the conclusion of this pregnancy. She's at that stage where every hour, every day that passes, she's more and more eager to be seeing him face to face for the labor and the contractions to conclude. We've got everything set up for Andrew. Now we wait. If we can get to Friday, 
That'll be great. That would be ideal. But now also, we've got some goal setting to do for the year ahead. We've got some thinking to do about how did we handle this past year? How do we free up bandwidth to where on a weekly basis, you could sit down and you can color code. Okay, hey, what happened in my wife's life this week? What happened in my children's life or lives? What happened in the lives of my friends and family? And I wrote those things down, don't get me wrong, but we all only have so much bandwidth. And sometimes in order to give the proper amount of attention to what we need to, you have to free up bandwidth and say, okay, you know what? I love you dearly. That's very worthy. That is a very important thing you're talking about. Also, I can't be the person that fixes that. I can't be the person that is the point man on that. My hope and my prayer in this coming year is that I, in particular, get better at saying no. And not in an angry, frustrated, mean way, but in a even-handed, reasonable, well-receivable way. I really can't. I'm sorry. I have prior commitments. We need to make time and make room for rest, for diet, for exercise. Unless the Lord builds the house, it's laborers labor in vain. But that is to say also, if the Lord builds the house, he gives to his beloved sleep, Psalm 127 says. And that's a good goal. That's a good goal for the new year, in my mind, to be able to sleep well at night. Part of that is how I manage my schedule. And honestly, again, this is one of many, many ways that this new job is an answer to prayer. As I was looking back over this past year, no small part of what contributed to uncertainty and stress and fatigue and, dare I say it, depression on my part and on my wife's part was being on call literally 24-7 for two and a quarter years. No let up, no break. Being on call any hour of the day or night, that phone can ring. And you've got to get out there and you've got to figure out some complicated system that could kill you or could kill somebody else if you get it wrong. And in the meantime, everybody's tapping their foot. But also, you didn't get any training on this. You're just being expected to figure it out. So good luck with that. Reverse engineer it. And even if you execute perfectly, this joker is going to nitpick you and make snide remarks because he has nothing better to do with his time as he sees it. But phone calls at two in the morning, one in the morning, all-nighters, you can't do that all the time and have it be cost-free. There's a cost. And as I settle into this new schedule, where for one thing, when I drive out to a location in this Greeley area, I'm getting paid for my drive time. But for another thing, when I'm working from home, there is no drive time. There's no drive time for you to negotiate down or try to redefine as a commute. No, I walk into my home office or I'm already there because I was podcasting right before I started work. 
I switch my monitor over from my personal computer to the work computer and we're off. Oh, and also, here's your set schedule for half the year. You know what hour you start, you know what hour you conclude. Here are your hours, so you know when you're done for the day. However much is left at the end of this time, you're done. Pick it up again tomorrow. Oh, and you know what days you're off. So you're actually off these days. You're not on call, you're off. And when you're off, take a trip. You're off for seven days. Leave the state, leave the country, fly somewhere, drive somewhere, go off to the mountains, go hunting. I haven't been hunting in over two years. I th- actually, I think over three years. Coming up on three years, I should say. So, hey, let's go hunting, boys. Hey, let's get a membership to the rec center because I'll actually know what days I'm off that we could plan every other week at least for me to take you. And on the weeks that I'm working from home and I'm here, it would be really helpful for you to be able to go with your mom while I work and have a meeting. And I know what days I have meetings. So those days, you guys should go to the rec center. Kill two birds with one stone. That kind of stuff. That's, again, such an answer to prayer. Such an absolute answer to prayer. And I'm getting out in the weeds, maybe too much. But I've talked so much about work this past year. Now that I'm refreshing what episode it is of the season, it's episode one of season four, I'm realizing, for pity's sake, I recorded 225 episodes in 2021. 152 and a half hours of content. By the way, I listened to 761 hours worth of audiobooks. So I listened more than I spoke. To anybody who wonders, do you listen? Do you ever listen? Or do you just talk all the time? No, I, I listen quite a lot. It's at least a two to one ratio. At least. But I also listen a lot, so I have to talk a lot. But 225 episodes, that's a lot. That's a lot of content. 152 hours. How many of those hours were either me talking about work or what I was talking about being very influenced by my work situation? One of the things I'm really excited about coming here, and I'll leave you with this, I'm excited to potentially have the ability to serve you better as a listener. By God's grace, I want to serve you well with this podcast to where the content that I'm delivering is meaningful, informative, entertaining, encouraging, challenging, so that you grow in the coming year, that you love God more and you love God with all of you better as a result of this podcast with all your heart, with all your soul, with all your strength, with all your mind and love your neighbor as yourself. That said, it's a Sunday. We're staying home because we're past the 36-week mark. Lauren is at 36 weeks and two days, but we would really like to get to 37 weeks so that Andrew doesn't need to stay in the NICU at all, at all, at all. You can be praying for us in that regard. But in the meantime, as much as possible, as much as I can arrange it, 
I'm going to have her taking it easy. Let's stay home. We really do want to be at church. We've missed a lot this year with being sick, with work, disruptions. We really do look forward to getting back into fellowship again. But for this morning, I think I'm going to sit down with my wife and have a heart-to-heart and talk about this past year and this coming year. And by God's grace, we will endure and persevere. So will you. As always, thank you for listening. Until next time, Happy New Year, and God bless. You've been listening to The Garrett Ashley Mullet Show on Anchor FM. For more content like what you just heard, subscribe to this podcast on Apple Podcasts, Google Podcasts, or Spotify. Also check out thegarrettashleymulletshow.com to subscribe to email alerts when new episodes are published. As always, you can reach me with any comments, questions, complaints, objections, or insights at garrettashleymullet at protonmail.com.